Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for this conversation. We were just chatting behind the scenes before popping onto this recording and talking about how amazing this conversation was going to be, all the things we wanted to talk about, dot, 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 dot. So we're going to go ahead and get into it because today I have guest Liz Fever on with me. Liz, thank you so much for being here. Lilia, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to continue, you know, diving into all of the greatness that is quarantine podcasts, living with our partners, you know, battling for space, being on the internet and, you know, showing who we are, not only as, you know, business owners, but also as human beings in this crazy world. So I'm really excited to dive in. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes. We were just having a conversation about um, living with our partners and like both of them are really into gaming and streaming and we'll, we'll leave that till after the introductions, but it was such a fun conversation. I love you that you just brought that up, Liz. So Liz Fever is a body liberation activist, self-love focused stylist, writer, and creative based in Philadelphia. Her work is steeped in her own journey to body acceptance, and she strives to help all women feel confident and seen in their personal style. When she isn't writing about fat positivity or styling clients, Liz loves drinking coffee, spending time with her reptiles, weaving, and reading. Liz, that was beautiful. Thank you, Thank you. so much. <laughs> I always try to include a little... Um kind of piece of myself in my bio. I think sometimes I read folks' bios and I think, wow, I know so much about, you know, your incredible education, your incredible business, all the things that you're making, but like, what's your dog's name? <laughs> or like, what are you making on the weekends? What are you doing when you're not working on your business? Um, so I always like to include, you know, being a reptile mama and all of the, you know, fun stuff that's giving me joy. I love it. I think that's so important, especially as we're going through COVID where connection is not the easiest thing right now. Being able to connect in, in, those, in those aspects of our personality, not just our businesses, I think is so beautiful and so important, which leads me into, okay, then what are your reptiles names? Because as soon as you said that, I was like, now I'm curious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the reptiles are long. <laughs> They're not that long of a story. However, I do... Um, want to just note that I did not have reptiles before I met my partner. We've been together for about eight years and we were actually just talking about this the other day. Um, I remember when I met him, he had two bearded dragons and another small lizard and oh, a cat just joined us, not on my side, on Lily's side. And is, yes. Keep going, love, Liz. I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I just love that, you know, we're both surrounded by beautiful animal joy. Um, so yeah, when I met my partner, he had three lizards and I was like, what is happening in here? 
who, what are these things? Why are they this way? And over time, I really have grown to love reptiles of all, you know, genres, if you will. So right now, me and my partner have two bearded dragons named Lola and Rex. Lola is our only female reptile. She's my princess um, and my angel girl. Um, we actually rehomed her from a family that wasn't going to be able to keep her. Um, and she's just been a really incredible little blessing for us. Um, last summer, we lost three reptiles in a row, um, a couple of them just a couple of weeks apart. So when we got Lola last summer and we were able to give her a home and a place to, you know, continue to survive and thrive. She was, you know, she's my little angel baby. So we have Lola and Rex, two bearded dragons. We have a leopard gecko named Nova. And he is a real sweetheart. He's nocturnal. So he's sleeping in his cave right now, but he's a good boy. And then last but not least, I um, actually at the very beginning of quarantine got a ball python and his name is Soba Noodle. <laughs> he's my sweet snake boy. Um, he is me and my partner's first snake. We've always had lizards, um, but he's our first snake. He's super sweet and I just love him to death. And he's growing. The other thing about quarantine, and I feel like this is something as another pet owner, you may be experiencing too. All of our pets are growing like at an exorbitant rate because we're here to feed them constantly. <laughs> And we're like, give them treats, feed them, you know, oh, it's just going to have like one extra trigger warning. Our, you know, reptiles eat other living critters, be they bugs or um, rodents in the case of our um, snake. But like, oh, just give him an extra mouse this week. Like he, I know that he wants one. Have you seen your pets, you know, gaining, <laughs> gaining some beautiful weight or like, you know, getting, getting special treatment in terms of like being able to, you know, I don't want to say they're like growing into little chonkers, but they probably are. Oh my gosh. Yes. First off, I want to say, I loved that whole story. Um, that was so beautiful. I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm so happy oh. Lola, right? I'm so happy that Lola is there. And thank you for sharing that. Yes. My, I have a, a cat who decided to jump up on the table. As soon as we started this conversation, she like jumped up and was about so to cute. step up. It was so cute. Her name is David. And, um, she is already really big and, um, Definitely quarantine has been interesting because my partner is trying to teach her how to sit to eat. Um, he's trying to train her to sit and to like stand up, actually succeeding. It really, I like will walk into the room whenever he's doing it. I have no idea how he does it, but she actually listens and she sits now for treats. But that means that she's getting a lot of treats in this, in this practice of learning how to sit, which has been very fun to watch. But I think that the biggest thing I've noticed is our relationship, myself and David, our cat, like the relationship we hold together has been very apparent during quarantine because we're home alone together while my partner works and he's an essential worker. So he's like out working all day. So I'm here with my beautiful, lovely David. And it was definitely, <laughs> she, she's lying behind my computer. Liz can see my computer's like bobbing back and forth, but 
it was definitely touch and go there for a while. I realized she loved my partner way more than me, which was he raised her. So it made sense. I came into the picture uh, a little bit later than their relationship was. But it's been really beautiful to watch like the relationship that I have with her grow over quarantine from like trying to figure out how we were interacting together when we were home alone all the day all day and trying to like foster this new love with each other and now here she is sitting on my table while we do this podcast episode but I just think that it's so funny because for me while she's definitely growing it's been like a relationship like drama for the past eight months. And my partner will come home and I'm like, did you, this is what David did today. Like, let me tell you our relationship drama from today. And it like makes me laugh thinking about it, but it's been like this really beautiful relationship blossoming that I never thought I would have with my cat. It's so sweet because I do, you know, there, I feel like there are so many memes out there now about pets who are like, my you know, my owner's at home all the time now. We used to spend so much time together. And it's so funny because there are definitely, and this is something that I've learned over these many years living with reptiles. You wouldn't think that they have a similar type of relationship to their humans as um, cats or dogs, but they absolutely do. <laughs> and our one beardy, our male beardy, he despises me. He puffs up at me. He avoids me. He loves Josh. So, and my office is in the reptile room. So I spend a lot of time near these animals and he does not enjoy when I'm in here. Um, But it is fascinating to think about how this past year, those relationships have really changed, not only between us and our human co-inhabitants, but also with our, our little animal friends and how, you know, this year has been so bizarre for, for us as humans, but I feel like for them, they've gotten so, so much additional, like, love and care and attention in ways that for many of us who, you know, before quarantine began, did not work from home or spent a lot of time out of the house, whether it was in meetings or events or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, now we've spent so much time at home with, with them. How will we go back? They won't allow it. (laughs) I know it's, it's like a reality right there. It's so true. It's going to be a pet protest. I know. Right. I feel like it's the, like the movie pets where they all like that like their behind the scene life of pets. I feel I like it's love, gonna turn into that. I adore that movie. It's, it's so, cute. so it's so cute. It got so sad. Yeah. I'm like trying to remember it. I remember watching it when it first came out. Right. And I don't even remember the sad parts. I just remember the beginning where they're all like like coming out and partying with each other. And I think I must have blocked out the sad parts. <laughs> To spare, well, there, to spare my empathness. <laughs> I know. Spoiler alert. There is a sad part. Of course, it's always more sad. Sad things are always more sad when the characters are animals, <laughs> especially if you're an animal lover. But there's a part where one of the pups goes to find his former owner. And the owner grew old and wasn't there waiting for him anymore. Aww. And it was so heart, it was so heartbreaking. 
man, I really cut that out of my memory. Now I need it to was, go back and watch it again. Or or maybe don't. Or this maybe like, don't. Maybe I cut it out for a reason. It's like after they're like running around the hot dog factory, which was like an incredible, like, oh, so good. So they're running around the hot dog factory and then there's like, which is a super high. And then there's like this super depressing low. Ooh. like oh, man this is really hard so I can imagine that when quarantine or so difficult because you can't really say it's going to end yeah. but I can imagine when our um, work schedules potentially go back to including more time outside the home mm-hmm. our pets I don't even want to think about the sadness or yeah. the other thing is maybe they'll actually be happy maybe it's been too long for them too <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I think this might be one of those things that each pet will react differently. I watch my cat now and she, so, okay. So I'm the kind of pet mother that really likes to smother my pets with like hugs and kisses. And my cat is not into that. She kind of stares at me like I am a mother trying to kiss her teenager too much. And she's just kind of dealing with it. And <laughs> that's what, that's exactly what she looked like last night. So I'm getting used to now ignoring her, which is like totally against my, my instincts uh, because that's what my partner does with her. And she loves it. She like just loves playing with him when he ignores her. And so I'm now trying that and it completely shifted our relationship. I was like, what in the world? This is totally against what I want to be doing, but it did bring her closer to me. But now, I, now I'm interested to see like when we're, when I'm going out more and like visiting friends and visiting family when we're a little bit, when we're actually able to do that. If she's just going to like have a party and be like, this is great. No one's like trying to kiss me in the middle of the day when I'm trying to sleep and lounge. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we absolutely, we absolutely will. Yeah. Hopefully we'll make it, hopefully we will make it to that kind of point yeah again I hope so too some days it feels like it's further away than others I know yeah I've been feeling that too I was I keep going in and out of these phases where it's like I'll have a week where I get super stir crazy um and I'm just like I need nature like I need to go do something and but my head goes straight to let's go work at a hostel in Costa Rica. Like, how can I make that a a thing? And like, how can I like actually like get out of my environment into a different environment? And I have to ground myself and calm myself down and be like, it's okay. You don't need to flee right now. Like you can handle this. You can handle COVID. You can handle what's going on. You're safe. It's okay. But it's kind of that like fleeing feeling where I'm just like flee to like the ocean. Like let's, let's go flee to a tropical Island. And my partner's like, well, we can't exactly do that right now, <laughs> but maybe soon. It definitely feels like those stir crazy days. If a year ago I had been feeling stir crazy, I would have been taking a walk around the block. But now when those thoughts start to come up, I agree. It's like the extreme, get me out of here. I want to like get away that like away. flight response yes for sure yeah yeah which we know is like it's so counterintuitive to kind of what we are being encouraged to do which is just like turn inwards and just like you know kind of hibernate and curl up it's almost like a free it's more of like you gotta freeze as opposed to yes fly. oh 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I was, I loved that. I loved that perspective on it. We really are being like put in a freeze response right now. And I think that, um, it's interesting to watch because, because our bodies are very much like we we're, we're done freezing. <laughs> we're ready to go do something while we're still kind of in this, this frozen quarantine. And I think it's really beautiful then looking at like what kind of practices and what kind of things can we start bringing into our life that bring us happiness and joy from inside us instead of just kind of like our external environment, bringing up that to us. And I think that it's been a really great chance to, to do, like you said, like turn in, but like turn in in a way that like asks the question of how can we make our own happiness instead of relying on everything around us, which just seems to be swirling and chaotic at all times during 2020. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's very challenging. Totally. And I think that for those of us who kind of know what our response, our more natural response might be. So for some people, the freeze is like, their more natural response for some people it's going to be flight for some people it's going to be fight which is like an interesting one to think about because I'm definitely not a fight I feel like a fight response is not something that happens for me very naturally me neither yeah yeah totally not me I'll have like moments where I I, this this is actually something I'm trying to work on because I'll have moments where someone will catcall me or something and I want to be like I want to like say something and like fight back and like stand up for myself but I freeze (laughs) I freeze and I fly (laughs) I like freeze and walk away fast and I'm like thinking back and like 10 minutes later I'm like this would have been the best response ever like I should have said this and and it's interesting to see what comes naturally to people and, and every everyone has something different that comes naturally and that's really beautiful and Um, a beautiful aspect of our personality. Right. And then to think like, okay, everybody, whether your response is fight, flight, or freeze, right now we're freezing. This is what we're all doing, no matter kind of what your natural inclination is. Um, And I really, uh, you know, I so strongly agree that right now is such a beautiful time to be thinking about what, what do I gain from kind of the outside world? Where am I, you know, kind of pulling in the fuel that, you know, drives me towards towards my goals, towards my passions, towards joy and happiness? Mm-hmm. And where are the things that have been blocking, blocking that, that forward momentum? Um, and I think that having a chance over the last eight, nine months, what will probably end up being a full year by the time we're, you know, kind of removing ourselves from this place of, of freezing. Um, it's been a really beautiful time to be able to kind of evaluate what external forces are, are actually bringing to our lives. Um, and really being able to challenge kind of what our expectations are when it comes to being out in the world. Um, is it important to be going, I just think back to this time last year, going to events three, four times a week, like every evening, um, scheduling meetings all day long, having full days, you know, being out, um, meeting people, working on things, being in in certain spaces. Um, And 
when I think back to the things out of all of those, all, out of all of those, you know, events and, and social interactions, what were the things that actually brought me energy and joy and what, you know, really retracted energy and what actually ended up, you know, kind of taking away from my ability to look to my own intuition and to my, you know, core. And honestly, <laughs> it's really hard to think about, you know, things that, as I'm looking back now, things that really did bring me joy versus things that were just checking a box, yes. things that were just fulfilling expectations that have been placed on us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as women. And, you know, this has given us a really fascinating chance to, to look within. Um, and I do truly believe that we will forever socialize and schedule our lives differently when this, you know, again, I don't want to say when this is over or when this ends, because this is truly is our new reality. Um, but when we are in a space where socialization and being outside is, is something that we can actually do safely again, um, I definitely will not be going to events three or four nights a week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel that so resonated um, with how I've been feeling. And for all of our listeners, if this resonated for you, please, please hold on to this because it is really, um, it's really beautiful to look at that idea of what was bringing us happiness and what were, what, what were we just checking the boxes like off from? And I was thinking like recently, I really got back into reading fiction books which is something that I hadn't been reading a lot before because I was checking off the boxes of everything else in my life. And I was in that go, go, go energy and, and quarantine really made me have to stop and be like, okay, like what, what do you actually want to do like right now? Like what, what actually brings you happiness outside of what your life looked like in, in March? And it was such a blessing because now I'm reading again and I'm like, this is the best thing ever why did I ever stop? Like, why did I ever let something get in the way of me doing this and expanding in this way? And it's just been such a beautiful, with even with all the chaos going on, I think it's been such a beautiful chance for us to, to stop and reevaluate um, ourselves, our lives, what, what we're passionate about, what we want to do, what we're into and, and how that can drive our life forwards. And just that idea of checking the boxes off. When I first started my journey into um, self-exploration and actually finding out what I wanted to do, I realized how much I was checking boxes off in my life and just kind of racing through my life instead of living and being in the present and being in what makes me happy and being in what makes me passionate. And it was like, you, I went to school. It was like, have the grades, have the internship, get the job, do this, transfer, do that, do that, do that. And, and I was checking all of them off because I wanted to be like, yep, I got that. I got that. I got that. I got that. But then when I stopped, I was like, but is this actually what I want to do? Like, this is actually bringing me happiness in my life. If I only have one life, shouldn't I live it the way I want to live it? And I think that that's been, we need, I think a lot of people needed quarantine to have that different shift in perspective. And I, I really, I really love what you were saying with that. And I, I would love to hear your opinion on how that then strengthened you as a, like a self-love stylist and how that then came to play with all of this beautiful eight months of quarantine, how that skyrocketed for you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. What a thing. It's so, 
it really has been a fascinating, it has been a fascinating journey. Um, just thinking back on this idea, as you were describing, go to, you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get good grades, you graduate, you get a job, you do the job. Um, so, and then once all of those boxes are checked and it's like, okay, now I have a little break. Like I've got the job, I've got the boyfriend. Now it's like, you know, we need a little break before marriage and family and buying a house and all of that. It's like, kind of like, you know, I kind of see it as like the second phase. Oh, <laughs> like I love you, that. Yes. <laughs> you got through the first phase, which is like traditional American education system, preparing you to be a part of a capitalist economy and like preparing you into the little like cog that goes into the machine. And then you kind of have that like personal side, which certainly as time has gone on, this is nothing new. Um, we're waiting longer and longer to kind of do that personal stuff. We're like waiting until we're a part of the working machine before we start bringing that stuff into our lives. Or at least in my experience, that has kind of been my um, kind of outlook. It's like, okay, I gotta get through this stuff first and then I can move on to phase two. Um, and then when you stop and look back on those things, it's like, what? Or how did I start at point A and get to this place? This is not what I thought it was gonna be. Or I did, did go from point A to point B and it's still, you know, is not what I thought it would be. Um, so I actually got my undergraduate degree at the Tyler School of Art at Temple University. I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Photography in 2013 nice. and I know that you are also an artist so yes. I was excited <laughs> I don't know if you knew that not very many people know about my arts background I didn't know that but as soon as because I was looking at that school to to transfer there to finish my degree so as soon as you said that I was like oh my gosh that's amazing I had no idea I love that connection yeah so I went to school for photography so um you know during that time I loved the idea of becoming a photo editor at a magazine. I interned at Philadelphia Magazine um, when I was in school and was really obsessed with the fashion and kind of um, publication world. I am an okay photographer. I'm not great. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you're so much better than you're giving yourself credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm an okay photographer. I and more, I honestly see myself more as a creative problem solver. Um, and I do view myself as an artist. I absolutely love making and I still love making photographs and having fun with film and different toy cameras and things like that. But I knew that I was not gonna go on to become like a wedding photographer and own my own business in photography. I knew that I was not gonna become you know, the next Ansel Adams or the next, um, you know, famous fashion photographer. I knew that I had a lot of different skills and gifts that I could use moving forward. But I knew that I, you know, in my soul that being a photographer was not going to necessarily be my career. Um, so when I closed out my undergraduate um, degree, I took some time off, worked in retail, you know, classic 22 year old human being. 
Um, and then I actually fell into the world of higher education, which I, when I was a student in undergrad, I worked in the admissions office at Tyler. So I spent a lot of time working with families and students and helping high school students make their college decision, um, kind of helping them start that phase of, of boxes that need to be checked off. Um, and since then I've, I've worked in higher education um, as my kind of full-time career. I um, spent time working at my alma mater, which was really beautiful. And I got to, you know, reconnect with a lot of folks who taught me as a student and also was able to kind of share my experience with um, incoming and current students at my alma mater, which was incredible. Um, and got my master's degree in higher education from Temple University College of Education, bless up, while I was an employee there. Um, so that was really cool being able to kind of hone, hone my skills in that area. And, um, you know, that's kind of me checking off the boxes, you know? And throughout those box checking years, um, I had been exploring creativity in terms of style and fashion. And I have always been someone who is in a larger body. I have always been um, the, you know, one of the largest people in my group of friends or, you know, thinking about like high school and college, always just being like on the bigger side. And I'm, it's sometimes when I hear myself say that, I'm like, all right, let's step back. Because in the same breath, I also have what I call a small fat body. I have a very societally acceptable shape um, where I have a big butt and big boobs. And I do have a belly, but it's not a very large belly. Um, so thinking in conventional beauty standards, I've always had a pretty socially acceptable body, um, but I've always been larger and, a, you know, had always been something that didn't necessarily keep me up at night, but I'd always thought, oh, if only I was smaller, if only I was thinner, then boys will like me, then I'll, you know, be able to wear the clothes I want to wear, then I can maybe then I could be a magazine editor or a fashion photographer and it could be like Devil Wears Prada. Um, but only if I'm as small as Anne Hathaway and I can wear the clothes, tell me you remember the scene when Stanley Tucci is like, come into the magazine like clothing closet and they give her all the outfits and stuff. I love that movie, yep. Mm -hmm. Like I would never be able to do that because designers don't make clothes in my size. I think um, there was even something in the movie that was about her size, wasn't it? There was like a, and she's like a twig in that movie. And there was something that, that was talking about her size when it came to that scene. Am, am I remembering that correctly also? You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, and more recently um, in the new Netflix show, Emily in Paris, mm. really cute show, by the way. Um, great, like don't like watch it at night necessarily <laughs> like not something that you need to like reserve evening time for but a great show to put on like while you're putting your laundry away or like doing some work 
it's a sideshow. It's not like a commitment show. The crown is a commitment show. Um, I'm in the middle of the crown right now too. So I super resonate with that. And I also finished Emily in Paris. So many thoughts on that, but keep going. So, <laughs> well, I can imagine that a lot of our, a lot of our thoughts are, are similar. There are some great things and some terrible things. And this will kind of segue us into some social media chat too. Um, but, you know, just thinking about how, you know, they're already talking about like obesity and the, what I call the O word, um, you know, medicalizing humans, larger bodies in order to, you know, prescribe weight loss to them instead of actual medical treatment. Um, so they, you know, they really talk a lot about size and fatness in that show too. It's, it can be quite subtle, but, you know, as somebody who has always been interested in fashion and models and, you know, the way that clothing can, can make a person feel, you know, I always felt, especially in high school and college, like, man, if only I was thinner, then I could really like do this. Um, which of course led to lots of, you know, not great eating patterns, not great exercise patterns. I had a couple of years of really disordered eating behaviors and exercise obsession, um, which did lead to me gaining a smaller body. Um, but it also took away so much of my life. Um, I would show up late to family gatherings because I had to make sure I got to the gym. I would be getting up five, six, seven days a week at 5 a.m. to make sure that I had my, you know, had my fill of, of working out, um, you know, was going to dinners with friends and, and not enjoying a meal with them because I would eat something at home before I would go so that I could control what was going into my body. And, you know, as I look back on these things and think about it now, it really, it's, I think it's so important to remember that everybody is different. And for some people, the 5am wake up is what it is going to take for you to get your body moving and it gets you excited for your day. Um, and, you know, for others, there's no way they can make 5am work. Um, I'm one, I'm one of those people. I can like, if I try to wake up at 5am, I am a zombie all day. I don't know what it is. I keep trying and it just doesn't work. Sorry, keep going. No, no, it's so true. Like, and we're all, we're all so different. So when I, you know, when I talk about the kind of specific things that when I think back, the things that were like, whoa, this is like, so not like my true self those are the things that, that kind of pop up for me, but for others, that might be the way that they thrive and the way that yeah. they are able to make it through the day. Um, so once I started noticing that the things that I was doing were taking, they were taking so much energy and joy from me, even though they were making my body smaller, um, it became not, not so worth it anymore. Um, and I started to do more research on fat fashion bloggers and fat women who are in the fashion space, uh, women who are photographing fat bodies and, you know, showing all the incredible things that, that large folks can do. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. There is this whole culture of larger bodied people who are doing all types of things. Um, 
and are wearing high fashion and are, you know, putting their bodies on the internet and are receiving a lot of, of love and compassion and are really, you know, making waves in the fashion industry and beyond. Um, and that was when I think I really started to focus more on embracing my body as it is. Um, I also started learning a lot about the um, body liberation and fat positivity movements. Um, fat positivity was started in the 60s and 70s by fat, black, queer women. Um, and, you know, is a movement that has survived to this day, um, which is awesome. That's and amazing. I, I give so much credit to all of the amazing, you know, fat, queer women of color that I know and love and those who I, you know, have yet to discover who are really putting in the work um, to say all bodies deserve to be treated equally. All bodies, you know, deserve to be respected in the workplace, in the doctor's office, as human beings. Um, and I think that that is what has kind of inspired me to continue to embrace my body as it is. And, and I love, you know, as I think about your work with cycles and embracing the ways that our bodies internally, externally, mentally, physically change over time, I, you know, I'm so thrilled to think that I was able to break a really unhealthy cycle and now can embrace a cycle of, of change in my body, which has changed so much this year. Um, and, and know that I'm still worthy and that's okay. Um, so a little like side tangent there on the on the body stuff because I do think that for me, a lot of my work is so focused on my own journey with my body, or it's so you know inspired by my own journey with my body, feeling like, oh, fat chick never going to be able to be fashionable, you know, never going to be able to help others feel like they can embrace their style. Um, but being able to kind of turn that around has has led me um, to the little round bug that I am today. Little potato puff. Beautiful. Beautiful, I believe, is the word we're looking for. Thank you. A beautiful potato puff. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that story. That was so empowering. And I had never heard your full story. So, so sitting here and listening, it was, it was really beautiful. And so empowering to listen to. And I really want to thank you for sharing your story here, for sharing your story with our listeners and, and also for the work that you do because it is so needed. And, and I think that, and as I'm talking here, my cat is shifting as she sleeps behind me. So my screen keeps bobbing up and down. Um, I just can see it as we go. Um, I think that there's so many things, especially as I get older, especially as I step into this work, because I, I completely agree. I think that when we're working in something that we're passionate about, so, so often it's driven by our own experience with it. And I, the, the more and more I, I'm in this world, the more and more I'm doing this work, the, the more I get older and all of that, I just keep seeing all these things that 
that are conditioned into us from a very young age that that we don't necessarily see when we're younger because we're we're in that we're in that open brain space where we're like we're ready to take in all this programming and then when you get older you start looking back on it and you're like what in the world like why is anyone accepting any of this right now like there's a whole different a whole different way and i think that when it comes to body positivity and really embracing our individual uniqueness that's something that we've made so much progress in but still need to make so much more progress in as, as we kind of open this door for like true uniqueness and true beauty not just numbers which I think drives me nuts is that all most a lot of times like we're looking at like like these numbers that have to do with our body instead of actual like our actual body and I would love to share my story if you'd be open to hearing it please yes because I had so I, I'm, I'm like, have no boobs. I'm like part of the itty bitty titty committee. And like, <laughs> you can't up- see, but I'm waving an itty bitty titty committee <laughs> flag right now. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. So like, I don't have any curves. Um, and when I was younger, it was even more extreme than, than it is now. And I, it's like, I actually, I don't think I've ever shared this story on this podcast. So I want to thank first Liz for, for being here and having this conversation with me and for all of our listeners as well. And it, it's something that I, I usually shy away from sharing, but I would love, cause I think it's, it's going to segue us into a really beautiful area when, when we come to social media. Um, so I, I grew up, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue when I was 14. So I was a competitive athlete growing up. And when I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, it was because I wasn't putting on enough weight for my height and my age. Um, so I was always below the weight scale. And I know so many times in our culture and we're conditioned to want to be there, but when you are there, it's a nightmare. And, and I think this is going to, and not, not, that's a, that's a pretty harsh term, but it, it's not as glamorous as, as our world tries to make it into. And I love how this is going to segue us beautiful, beautifully Liz into what we were talking about earlier today. But I think that, so I, so I had to like, stop, stop being an athlete, uh, for a few months I had to force eat. So I had to eat past, um, the point where I was hungry and it made it so that eating was really unenjoyable. I, didn't like food anymore. It was really hard eating to the point where my stomach hurt really bad every day. Um, and I had to just lay there in bed and wait for my body to put on weight. I was, uh, it was a very depressing time for me. I had a really hard time emotionally handling that, especially at the age that I was at. Um, and at that point I didn't really have any friends, like uh, uh, being an athlete was my life. I was in the gym for four hours a day, like kind of breaking away from that. I hit a huge point of depression, especially I was homeschooled, especially in school. It was really difficult for me to get anything done. Um, and so segueing, segueing that. So as I got older, I had to really, um, accept my, my body. And cause I was always, I always wanted curves. I always looked at these beautiful, amazing women that had these gorgeous curves that were living in these bigger bodies. And honestly, that's, that's what, that's what I wanted. Like being, being in a body that is very twig. Like <laughs> I wanted those womanly curves. I, I, I even had like those thoughts of like, is like, is a guy going to like, want me? Like I'm, I've got nothing <laughs> like cur- like womanly curve wise. And that I was able to, to get over that and like heal that. But, 
but there's the, kind of these things that that did come up that I needed to reconcile in my own body and be like, you know what, everything's okay. Like I'm in this body for a reason. Like I love my body. And that, that was part of that journey, even though I don't talk about it as much being able to realize that while I envied these amazing, beautiful women, I, I had to really step into the love that I had for my body and for my beauty. And I think that that's such a beautiful example. Cause I loved, I loved hearing your story, Liz, of having these back to back because it always makes me realize that a lot of times I'm trying to find like the words for it a lot of times we want the opposite of what of like what we have (laughs) totally I think it's so interesting to you know it's so interesting because I think when you're in that mental space no matter kind of what you know, in this example, no matter what your body looks like or what like kind of side of the scale you're on, if you will, um, no pun intended, um, you also don't think that the people who look like what you wish you looked like wish that they looked like you. Right. So for us, we have, you know, not necessarily opposite body types, but different body types. And so it's interesting to think that I could be thinking like, oh, I wish I had your body, but you're also thinking you wish you had my body. Right. Insane. And I think that that happens for anybody, no matter what you look like or what size you wear or, you know, where, you know, you might hold fat on your body. Um, and it, it is a real struggle. I also think it's so important that we look at all different types of bodies, that we take that in with adoration and love. And even if it maybe does feel uncomfortable to look at a body that's much larger than yours, much larger than mine, or a body that is much smaller than yours, even if it's uncomfortable or painful, it's so important because the other kind of extension of what we may view as body positivity or self-love in this day and age is that body equality and body respect and being able to see everybody as a beautiful little vessel that gets to carry us around and being able to respect everyone's body no matter how small or large and know that everybody deserves to be able to move their bodies and be able to you know have that, that chance to enjoy food, move their bodies in a way that makes them feel good, but also deserves to be able to go to a movie theater and sit down in a seat comfortably or travel to somewhere, you know, anywhere in this beautiful world and be able to sit on a plane comfortably. Um, you know, we, we deserve that, not only that self-love and the ability to love others, um, but also, you know, being able to take that a step further and say, I see you, I embrace the incredible body that you have. And also I want you to feel like you will be treated equally. Yeah, Um, and supported at all times. Yes, Yes, totally. So I love, you know, I thank you for, for sharing your story because I do think that oftentimes, um, folks who have been in marginalized bodies, small, large, or otherwise, um, it's not an easy thing to talk about. Yeah, it really isn't. And I was just sitting here thinking about like, after I shared that, like, I 
feel super vulnerable right now because I always have a hard time talking about that story because I, I feel like almost because it just seems so not not the not like wrong but it just like seems but like like kind of like I can't think of like the right word I'm looking for but like being able to share that and uh share that perspective of my story and how I felt it it feels almost counterintuitive to a lot of the conversations we're having because I don't want to trigger anybody. So I've never really shared it because I really want to be careful of not triggering anyone who's on their own journey as well. And, but I wanted to thank you for sharing your story because that inspired me to open up and be like, okay, let me share this, even though it's really vulnerable and really hard to share. So I really want to thank you for that. And I think that it, it is so important to take that, take that self-love and that love for others that one step further and be like, I'm here, I'm going to support you and help you live the life of your dreams and not have these societal conditionings stop you in any way from feeling amazing and being the amazing person you are. And I, I was thinking about a conversation we had before we hopped on this recording where we were talking about in each conversation, there's this little gem, this little gem that we always hold no matter what conversation we're having in people. And it, it reminded me of when you started saying like how our, our bodies are a vessel of how, how truly beautiful this temple is that we get to live in and how like the gem is our soul like our soul within this beautiful temple and we get to tap into that gem and that's what we get to see. And, but it's, it takes, it's almost like our society doesn't want us to get that far. It's like block off at the temple. Like you're not allowed to enter these doors and find the, the Ruby waiting for you because we have all of these conditionings around our body and what it should look like. But, but the real gem, like the treasure is in like is in our soul and I I love how I love watching you right now as I as I'm saying this I love your reaction right now and I'd love to hear your thoughts we spend we spend so much time distracted thinking about this like exterior thing we're so like concerned about our body other people's bodies that we don't get that chance to just let our soul shine so much brighter than our literal temporary body ever can. You know, this little, I'm like rubbing my body right now. <laughs> this body is only going to take us so far. It's only going to, we're gonna age injuries are going to happen. We never know, you know, when our body may fail us or stab us in the back. And I know that um, many folks probably feel very betrayed by their bodies during this time um, or have felt betrayed by their body in the past. And if we can you know, kind of give our, to keep the temple metaphor going, if we can kind of like give our offering and go through a ritual that allows us to, you know, respect and serve our body in a way that makes sense for us as an individual, only in service of letting our soul be able to shine brighter, then that is the only way, as far as I'm concerned. Like we need to focus on that as opposed to focusing so much on the outer shell and so much on comparing our outer shell um, so that we can really get to that gemstone inside, be it a diamond, a ruby, a sapphire, 
perhaps whatever your birthstone is. Maybe you're a pearl girl um, or human. Whatever gem you want can, can be kind of waiting in there. And I think that when we give ourselves a chance to allow that to, to be the driving force and, and the factor that, um, you know, can kind of propel us in this temporary vessel, we're really on our way. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was sitting here with like my hands up being like, woo, yes. And I feel like it's almost, I love to think of that, that gem and that Ruby as like our magic, like our, our individuality, like that uniqueness that only we have that, that we get to shine into the world and then support others uniqueness so that we're all coming together and meshing our uniqueness together and like forming an amazing world that we get to live in. And I, I love how you were talking about all the different color gemstones that could be like within that. I loved that because every person I think resonates and has this different magic within them. And that's one of the things I love working with clients of is like, let's find your magic. Like let's dive into your cycle and find what magic is like hidden in there that you just haven't found yet. Cause you need to like peel through these layers. And, and I'd love to hear Okay, I'd love to hear how then your take on style and self-love styling then plays into finding all of this. Totally. Oh, so good. Now I'm just thinking about jewelry. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Just thinking about like a lot of bling. Um, So, so yeah, a lot of this kind of body um, stuff is what really led me to thinking about ways that I could work with women who are going through this same or similar journey or women who are going through different types of body changes, be it because they are bringing life into the world or because they are, you know, going through um, health challenges or changes and their body is being impacted. Um, So many of us go through physical changes in life as we age, as our families grow, you know, for whatever reason. I feel like for me, when I did gain weight and I have gained weight even over the last year, being able to get dressed was always a pain point. It was always hard getting up in the morning and I like put on an outfit, figure out what's appropriate for work. What, you know, is going to be flattering on my body. What is going to keep me looking professional in terms of like covering up my bust or making sure a skirt is long enough. Um, so all of these factors come into play in terms of kind of the challenge of getting dressed. And I've always loved style and fashion. And when quarantine began, I decided, you know what, I really want to explore this a little bit more and be able to give women a place to explore different style options, even if they don't fit into the style rules that we've been given. So I feel like the style rules have kind of grounded my work with my clients. It's a question that I ask all of my clients, what are the style rules that you are hanging on to? Um, Whether it's, I can't wear a crop top because I have a belly, or I can't wear stripes because they make me look bigger, or I'm short, so I can't wear, you know, a full-length dress because it'll just make me look smaller, or I'm super tall, so I have to find things that help me create proportions that are desirable. Um, Also for, you know, for you, Lilia, it might be I need to wear super feminine A-line dresses that accentuate or create 
an hourglass figure. I love that you just mentioned that because I never connected these dots. But when I was like a teenager and when I was kind of going through all that, I loved 1950s fashion that was like, it cinched your hip and made your hips a little bit, bit, like appear a little bit bigger. And just hearing you say that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a click. And then as I started healing that, I shifted my style preferences to things that um, accentuated my body in a different way that wasn't trying to make make an appearance of anything but kind of just show what was there so I love that sorry keep going that was a total no. tangent thank you for that light it's bulb so, moment <laughs> it's so interesting because I really do think of the a-line dress um as like the enemy <laughs> of all <laughs> female bodies because for smaller people um they who want to create the illusion of curves it's a perfect way to do that for larger women, it's a perfect way to accentuate your curves in a way that also makes your waist look smaller. Um, and they're never going to see what's under that skirt, which is your belly, your big butt, your big thighs, whatever it might be. Um, so I, you know, thinking about, man, the alien dress just makes me so mad. Um, but thinking about those, thinking about those rules, um, <laughs> And I used to play into it too. And I know so many women who've told me like, oh, I used to always wear these like super feminine dresses. And I, you know, people who are like, I want to dress androgynously or I hate wearing dresses. They wore the damn A-line dress because it flattered their figure. I feel like we see that so much. It's like what to wear to flatter your figure instead of what to wear to make you feel good. (laughs) It's like make you feel sexy in your body instead of like, appease to this idea of a figure yes well it's like what's gonna make what's gonna you know entice the male gaze this is what you should wear yes Um, oh my gosh yes sorry keep going yes yes so all these all of these rules all these rules and that has kind of been the driving force behind my um work with clients is really exploring where those rules come from why you know you continue to follow them? Is it because your mom told you one time that you looked bad in stripes? Is it because society has told us that if we're larger um, or if we, you know, are in the itty bitty titty committee (laughs) that we have to hide those parts of ourselves? Um, And, you know, I will say that there are some good rules too, if you will, rules or guidelines that that are positive, whether it's wearing garments um, for religious or spiritual purposes, or, you know, wearing things that make you feel comfortable. This isn't necessarily to say that if you're not comfortable wearing a crop top, you don't have to wear a crop top. That's fine. If your rule is, I really don't want to show my midriff because I'm not comfortable or at that point yet, that's totally cool. But are there rules that you want to try to break? Are you a curvy, voluptuous girl with a giant, you know, beautiful belly, as I hold my own belly with love, um, who wants to wear a bodycon dress and just freaking rock it. Amazing. Are you, you know, really interested in showing more skin? Have you been more conservative, but you want to like give a little peek of something? Amazing. Um, So I think that it's important to kind of differentiate, you know, guidelines that are for your kind of comfort and growth and things that aren't serving you anymore. So let's ditch the things that are kind of holding you back and really be able to bring in pieces that you are excited to wear, that make you feel comfortable and happy, that aren't, 
you know, ill-fitting. I think one thing as somebody who does have a belly, like pants that squeeze my belly make me want to die, um, to be honest. <laughs> and, or, you know, pants that gape in the back because they got to come over your hips and your butt and the waist doesn't fit. Let's find clothes that are comfortable, that fit well, that don't squeeze and pinch and make us feel all small and tight. Let's expand. Let's find clothes that help us expand mind, body, and soul, and that really bring out that kind of inner excitement for getting dressed again. Yes. I, I just like having you do that movement. Like as, as she said, expand, she, Liz expanded her arms really beautifully. And it, it reminded me of almost, I feel like there's so much depth to all of this. And I feel like there's so much depth to just that idea of what am I going to wear when I wake up that goes like through generational trauma and conditioning. Cause everything you're talking about is that's like doing inner work processes around how to break this conditioning that we've had and, and make our own rules. And, and then you were talking about that expanding it and not having clothes that like pinch or like make us feel um, like not, not happy <laughs> for, for lack of better words. But um, it just brought me back to like when women had to wear corsets, when that was like common, like you had to suck the air out of your lungs and break your ribs in order to appease and like be fashionable and be appropriate in society. And I think that as we look at this idea of what are we wearing, we're we're healing so much ancestral trauma that women have gone through around their bodies that we're just now within the past like like, uh, like, as you were saying, like, since like the 60s and up, we're just now kind of like breaking open and being like, okay, like, how can we actually be us, not wear something because of the male gaze, not do something because people tell us we need to, but actually expand into our, our greatest potential and almost even like the symbolism of, of when we have to wear clothes, or like that are like that corset feeling that like hold us in how are we expected to then soar from our soul? Like, how are we expected to then live our lives to the fullest if we can't actually physically expand our bodies and feel amazing in our bodies? Totally, yes. And that's, it's so, you know, I just think of the bra oh, and how yes. little I've worn a bra this year. <laughs> Me neither. Um, and to be honest, there used to be days where I would go to work and not have a bra on, like go into the office. It's healthier for your breasts. <laughs> it's so, actually, it's like, like medically proven that if you don't wear a bra, your, your breasts like stay healthier because they, they have to build. Um, and I'm going to completely butcher this if I try to say the medical terms of it, but it's supposed to be healthier for you than to have that restriction. It's so like, and then how many cases can we say, like, it just feels, it's so much healthier healthier, whether that means like actually physically healthier or just like mentally healthier to just not. Um, and again, to each of their own, everybody's got something different going on, but, and you know what really, you know, to, to harp on that point, I have a friend who loves wearing um, tight clothes because she loves feeling like she's being like hugged yes oh, she yep. loves feeling like that sucked in like super like comfy hug mm -hmm. and I love that for her I love because that because it makes yeah. her feel comfortable and good and for me I'm like I want to let my boobs and my belly flap around 
and I want to be free and I want to feel a breeze. So I think that, you know, to kind of wrap it up in a little bow. When I think about self-love styling, a thing that I thought of when I was like falling asleep one night, I was like, I'm the self-love stylist. And then I fell asleep. It probably exactly how it happened, but it's beautiful to say it that way. I hope that my content and my work with clients and the expansion of my strange little brand that was born of deciding that I wasn't going to hate my body anymore and that I was going to wear whatever I wanted helps other women feel like they can embrace whatever style suits them from that soul gemstone and not just from the outside. Yes. That was so beautiful. Thank you. That was so beautiful. I was just sitting here and listening to that because that's that's such a powerful intention. And I can, I mean, honestly, sitting here, like talking to you on the Zoom call, like I can feel that energy that, that, cause that intention has such a powerful energy behind it of, of love, of individuality, of embracing individuality and, and letting yourself soar in that. And it, it kind of goes back to that idea of breaking, breaking the rules that don't serve us and holding our own rules that do. And, and knowing that they can look like whatever we choose, like we, they, they can take that shape and form that we get to autonomous like step into our empowered autonomy and choose for ourselves. I just think that was so beautiful. And and you like wrapped up so gorgeously the past like half an hour of conversation into this like little nugget that I was listening to and being like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in awe. And I want to encourage all of our listeners who's been listening to this to really take take what you need from this conversation and and take what you need, leave what you don't, but but really to step out of this episode feeling empowered in your body and feeling empowered in your choices that you get to make for yourself, which I just love. And I'm looking at the time now because we wanted to get into that social media conversation, but I also don't want to hold you past your time. Liz, would you be open to that conversation really quick? We can also do this at a different time. Let's absolutely, let's dive in quickly. And then dear listeners, the sun, it is East Coast afternoon, the sun is leaving us and I'm trying to breathe some fresh air. But let's let's dive in a little bit because I do think that throughout this conversation we've talked a little bit about kind of the give and take of of wanting and then receiving and then deciding, oh, I don't know if I want this anymore. So Let's do yes. it. Let's do yeah. it. I think that this, we were having this conversation prior to recording and talking about how we wanted to talk about this because it's such a, a beautiful example of finding that happiness within you instead of relying on an external situation to provide that for you and, and how how external situations can, can a lot of times be like an illusion for for like what we believe they might bring us. And Liz has the most beautiful story that I can't wait for her to share with you guys that um, I just think is gonna be so powerful for all of our listeners today. So Liz, I'm gonna give it the reins over to you and let you tell your amazing story. Beautiful, hand over that mic. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, so um, so this, this week I shared a reel on Instagram, which for those of you who are not IG stands. Um, a reel is very similar to uh, TikTok 
for like a short video with music and text where you can kind of share a quick bit of information with your followers um, in kind of a fun, fast-paced way. And this is something that Instagram has been kind of pushing out really hard and strong because they are trying to kind of bring the TikTokers back to their platform. So enough of that drama. But I was taking some photos the other day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit down on the floor by my bed. I was wearing a pair of underwear and a sweatshirt. And I was like, I'm going to make a TikTok about combating negative body image days. Because even though I'm someone who does love their body, I post a lot of images of my body in various states of undress. Um, I'm not somebody who shies away from calling themselves confident. Um, but even people who are super confident have low body image days. 100%. All, all people experience, even if you're the most confident queen on the planet. So I was having kind of a bad body image day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this little real and talk about ways to make it feel, you know, to feel a little bit better. Gentle movement, talk to a friend and wear your favorite cozy outfit. Those were my like three tips. So I posted this reel. I have like no makeup on. My hair is in a messy bun. I loved this reel, by the way. I was so excited when I saw it. I was, I, yes, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. It's like very, I did not put a lot of thought into it. It's not like one of those that you see. Some of these creators are freaking incredible. They make these like productions and these beautiful pieces of, of content and art, to be honest, that are like, whoa, that's so cool. This was not that. I'll tell you that right now. So I posted, a couple of people commented on it, some people watched it, you know, normal level of engagement. Two days ago, a couple of days after I posted it, I get on my phone and there are all of these things happening. There's like notifications coming in and my message box is like full. And somehow this little reel had gotten some traction and over the last couple of days, it's been getting a lot of comments, both negative trolley comments about my body and my appearance, but also lots of wonderful comments from folks, you know, sending love and, and all that great stuff. Um, it's been viewed well over a million times at this point. And I was flabbergasted. I still am. And as this was happening, my heart was like beating out of my chest the entire day. I couldn't figure out how this had happened. I still have no idea where, where it got posted or shared that so many people have seen it. Um, but it has been a, it has been a very strange experience because as a content, I don't necessarily consider myself a content creator, but as someone who has posted on Instagram for a long time. I have a message that I want to share. I have a business that I'm trying to build. You would think that this type of exposure would be golden. This is exactly what I asked for. I want a lot of people to see my stuff and like my things I post and comment and share. And I want a lot of followers. You would think this is exactly what I asked for. It is exactly what I asked for. But now... I want it to go away. <laughs> I want it to stop. And not because the comments are mean or because all of, you know, 
you know, people have been, you know, posting this and telling me that I'm fat and I should go on a diet. It's like, okay, whatever, man. That's not the problem. The problem actually is that this creation of mine has become, has honestly become a sentient being. It is out of my control and I'm being perceived by well over a million people. And I think that this really speaks to this idea that we all have this idea of things that we want. And if I'm being completely honest, something that really fuels me um, is validation from others. I want people to like me. I want people to engage with my content. I want people to think I'm cool and popular. But also, you know, I want to have some type of control over the way that that, that happens. Um, and I want the deeper message to be received and not just kind of glossed over. Um, so, in many ways, it's like, okay, I have this thing that I thought that I that I really wanted, that society told me, you know what, if you get a bunch of followers on Instagram, your business is going to blow up, all these people are going to buy your product, they're going to care about you, you get to kind of fill this, this, you know, you get to check off this box, you get to check <gasps> off your little social media box and say, I love how we wrap this around. Yes, I've made it to 10,000 followers, I check off this box. I have my swipe up link and now I can move on to, to phase two. I guess we'll include having 10,000 Instagram followers in phase one. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, no husbands until you have a certain number of followers. <laughs> so that is like, so, okay, great. I wanted to tick off this box. Now that that prospect is becoming more and more clear to me, and I'm experiencing this kind of out of control situation that I have no idea how it started, when it will end. Honestly, I thought that by today it would be over. It's still happening. Um, and it doesn't seem to really be slowing down very much. Um, I'm hoping today is Friday, folks. I'm hoping by the end of the weekend, this will be all over. Um, and it's not that I don't appreciate it and that I don't love all the incredible people who've like come into my community because of it. Um, but I think that that lack of control and kind of looking back on, I really wanted this, but I wanted it my way. Um, or I thought that it would be different or I thought that, you know, I would have some type of ability to, to control this incontrollable thing that is the internet um you know I look back on that and think eh, maybe I should just take my you know take my beautiful loyal small following my beautiful incredibly small level of engagement with close people who care about me and my work and care about what I'm saying and just love on that and leave the million views to Kim Kardashian's assistant who deals with her Instagram. I do not envy people for some people. And I know we talked about this a little bit too. For some people, this is their everyday life. Yeah. 
This is the type of engagement they get on every single thing that they post. How? Yeah. And, and how do you then navigate that when, right. when it's what, out of control? What are they, what are the, you know, again, kind of tying this back around. It's like, what are, what are we actually gaining from this? I love that. And, and I, I loved, I was just like thinking about the conversation we were just having and I love how you tied that into, it's just another box that we get to check off. Like when we hit this thing on social media, we get to check that box off. And then I was also thinking about how that idea of, of control, like that idea of knowing what we want, but with a sense of control um, and then actually getting it and, and not feeling that control anymore. I feel like that also goes very much into like the conversation we were having around styling and body images and how a lot of times we have this idea, this very controlled idea of what we want to happen, but, but life happens and shit happens and, and nothing ever goes truly to plan. And I think that um, it's, uh, yeah. And then it's like, how do you navigate? that once you get it like how do you navigate that new territory that you hadn't pictured and how can you how can you rein that in and bring your happiness back inwards and and I just think it's such a powerful story because it's almost like when when people are always like don't don't want to be a celebrity they don't have it that great and you're like but that's all I want to be like the, those <laughs> those kinds of things like it doesn't really click in until you have an experience um and and then it's still like uh, like everybody who's listening like whether this whether this clicks or not like something might happen and you'll have this experience yourself and that's the beauty of life where we get to to grow through our experiences and find all these things but i just thought it was this story was so beautiful and i really want to thank you for sharing it because i just like just hearing you talk about it, it, it completely shifted my perspective on social media and like what I want from my social media and to really feel gratitude for, for what I have. And I really, I really want to thank you for, for going through that experience. I know that that hasn't been easy in the past few days. Thank you. You know, it's so, it really is giving me a chance to think about what what my goals, not only, you know, as a, as a human being, but also my goals within my, my business and the community that I'm building, that we're building, um, you know, to be able to say, you know, maybe social media doesn't have to be such a huge emphasis, such an important part of our lives as modern women and modern business owners. Um, but what, you know, is the goal of having 100,000 followers really what I want? Or is the goal to continue to cultivate a really strong community with folks who have already discovered my work? Um, and, you know, social media and the interwebs are so important right now because we can't be physically together. Um, but I think also leading into our new normal in the next year, two years, five years, um, how are perceptions of social media going to change? How will its importance in our lives change? Because it inevitably will. Um, so I am so thankful that I was able to kind of share this on here. And if it resonates with folks and you, you know, 
again, I did literally nothing special, you know, please, you're welcome to like ask me for tips because I know that I'm a celebrity now. However, I really have nothing like I, people said, how did this happen? I cannot tell you, but I look forward to kind of continuing this conversation about social media and the external versus the internal and kind of letting that internal spark guide our actions externally. The gemstone. Um, our little gemstone. Our little gemstone. I'm like <laughs> looking around for a gemstone and I do not have one in here. <laughs> I would like to hold one up. Not that yeah. listeners imagine me, a beautiful woman <laughs> holding up a delicious yellow topaz, my birthstone. Oh. I love it. <laughs> Energy and joy radiating from our beautiful gem-filled souls. Um, and really letting that that light shine so that we can not only serve our own passions and needs, but also the passions and needs of, of our community and others too. That was so beautiful. I was just sitting here like bursting with happiness as I was like listening to that I was like don't make a sound this is so beautiful but I'm like here like beaming because I just think that that's such an amazing visualization thank you for that and I, I love this is the thing that I love about podcasts and I love about this podcast is that we get to tell stories and and I, I feel like you hear this like it's kind of cliche you're like we learn like like we get to share experiences through stories but it really it really is like things don't really hit you until you hear a story about them. Like you can say the blunt facts as much as you want, but it's, it's that story and the emotion through that story that, that helps us um, shift our perspective. And I just want to thank you for that short story because that's shifting my perspective on my social media, which I, I needed a shift in perspective on my social media. And I think a lot of us do right now, as, especially as we attach to it so much right now with, with not being able to connect very much. So I really want to thank you because that, that really impacted me, you sharing that story and my intention that I now hold with my social media. And it's beautiful. And I think that you have this like really beautiful, deep wisdom with everything we've been talking about, all the conversations we've had and like just knowing you, like every conversation I've ever had with you. And it's very, it's so inspiring. And I want you to know that um, me personally, I'm very inspired by you. And I know so many of our listeners will be too. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you so, so much. My heart is just bursting and I'm so, you know, we could totally sit here and go back and forth. You're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. No, I love, <laughs> I love you. Gosh. No, I love you. <laughs> but I do, you know, I do want to, number one, thank you for inviting me to participate and be on this podcast and get to share a little bit about myself, but also thank you for all of the inspiring work that you do and all the beautiful things that you're creating for incredible folks who truly do need the guidance and the incredible wisdom that you have to offer. It truly is such a joy that we've been able to connect, even if it has been during some difficult times, during a difficult quarantine period, um, 
you have been such a joyful light and I'm so thankful that we have been able to continue to learn from each other and learn about each other. And I so look forward to being able to continue our conversation. And again, thank you to all of you beautiful listeners. I can't wait to connect with you all and hooray. Yes. And what would the best uh, source or media to connect with you be for all of our listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I need a self-love styling session right now. I need to get into this. This is what I've been missing during quarantine. I want to feel good waking up. Like I want to have more of her inspiration in my life. Where can they connect with you? Yes. So you're more than welcome to give me a follow or shoot me a DM on Instagram. My handle is Liz Where's What. And I so look forward to connecting. Honestly, Instagram, as much as I may say, man, it's given me a tough time right now. It really is the best place for us to be able to connect. And I love being able to see what everybody else is making and sharing. Um, So please don't hesitate to reach out. I so look forward to being able to spend more time with you guys. I love it. Perfect. And is there any last words that you would like to share with our audience today before we close out this beautiful podcast? Just remember folks, you know, you are so worthy of love, kindness, respect, not only from yourself to yourself, but also from others around you and, you know, keep shining. This has been a really, really strange and and tough year, but we are in this together and you are worthy. Thank you so much for that message. That really touched my heart just listening to it. Thank you to all of our listeners who are here with us and spent this past hour and 15 minutes with us really soaking in all of these stories, all of this wisdom. We love you so much and are sending you so much love in your day. And I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode of the Empowering the Light podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, (laughs) but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week. So you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.